When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On 882-6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You will know the identity of my guest in this episode as soon as we switch his microphone on. We haven't done it yet. (laughs) But you'll know who he is if you've turned on a radio in Perth uh, in the last... Oh, 30 or 40 years or so. Uh, He ruled the airwaves uh, for many years uh, in Perth and he's been causing trouble and wreaking havoc ever (laughs) since, including getting kicked off uh, the world's most popular social media platform a number of times uh, and getting up to all sorts of antics. So looking forward to hearing all about the life and times of the one and only Gary Shannon. How are you, Gary? I thought you were going to say Dennis the Menace. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, Tim, and and great uh, to be here. Thanks for the invite, although I know why I'm here, because uh, in these difficult times, uh, you know, with borders closed, I know it's very difficult to find um, special guests, (laughs) and I I knew, knew... uh, somebody told me that it was between me and Clive Palmer. So I'm, 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 I'm glad I made the cut. <laughs> Thank you, you have very indeed. much. Yeah, Clive's on next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are desperate times. <laughs> How's your year been, Gary? Yeah, well, like everybody else's, it's, um, you don't know what to expect next, do you? No. Um, um I mean, uh, uh, good news, I think, coming out of Melbourne at the moment with um, uh, lower... Um, it counts every day with the uh, coronavirus. I think it's 10 today, but yesterday was five, so it's still a little bit, um, you know, uh, mm. inconsistent. Yep. But uh, we're, we've got high hopes for Melbourne because really Melbourne and Victoria as a whole has um, really affected the, the rest of the nation in yep. a big big kind of way. So yep. as they say, we're all in it together, I guess. Yeah, but uh, for me, um, so lucky, as you'd know, Tim, here in WA, gosh, we've been the superstars really, mm. haven't we? Mm. And um, don't, don't jinx us, though. Gary. No, no. I was going to say we've, we've had our hiccups, <laughs> uh, but more recently we're leading almost um, a normal West Australian life. Yes. Uh, yes, and you've you've got to take your hat off to McGowan, I guess. Uh, we don't like to encourage him too much. He's a politician, uh, but um, yeah, he deserves a, 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 a pat on the back at least uh, for making the decision against uh, some pretty heavy oppo uh, to keep those borders closed. And it certainly has worked. It proves that um, uh, social distancing uh, is a big thing when it comes mm. to a pandemic. Yeah. Even though a lot of people seem to have completely forgotten about it. But look, we haven't had community transmission here for. A long time, no. so you can understand, to some extent, people's complacency. What's mm. it been like, though, having your son hold up in Melbourne, though, for, for a large part of 2020? Yeah, well, Jake, um, his name's Jake, and um, he uh, he's a born and bred West Aussie, of course, and a 
well, he's been over there three years now. He uh, decided and now they're holding him hostage. Yes, <laughs> and uh, now he's hiding from me actually, <laughs> and my reputation. No, not really. He. Um, he, uh, since a, a little boy, he used to film fantasy movies at home and yep. and all sorts of stuff, and he ended up going that way. That uh, was just a documentary of your that, life, That's Gary. right, and he hasn't <laughs> finished it yet. Yeah. Thank heavens. Uh, he went to Murdoch Uni and did, um, you know, uh, television and radio and all that sort of stuff. And not that he's ever been interested in radio. It's always been uh, film and, and um, the arts for, for Jake. Um, yeah, so he ended up going to WAPA um, a few years back, and he uh, really excelled there. He, he actually won uh, the Channel 9 um, uh, Best Media Award and also he picked up um, at Walpere he picked up uh, Director of the Year for a film that he'd made and uh, that sort of skyrocketed his name around the place so he decided uh, that uh, Perth wasn't the place to be, that uh, Melbourne would be more his style. He went over there, got a job with a, um, a couple of agencies, uh, a couple of renowned agencies. But, of course, uh, being in Melbourne, uh, when the COVID hit, uh, sadly, Jake and all his um, friends, uh, they, lo- they lost. They didn't even get uh, JobKeeper. They lost their jobs. Uh, so he's on JobSeeker. Um so that's where he's at, and uh, he's been um, locked down like everybody else over yeah. there. But I'm proud of him. I told him the other day I was proud of him because he's dealt with it very well, and he's using the time. He's got fit. He's given up drinking. And I, and I said, what's that like? That's a rarity, I think. <laughs> Most of them have gone the other way. In my family, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, he has, and uh, he's, he's, he's quite a good cook, so he, he's living in a house. Uh, there's three of them in there, and um, he, he, he does the majority of the cooking and um, – uh, at one stage there, you were allowed to visit the shops once a week and send yeah. one person down. So he was the um, allocated uh, shopper. Mm. And uh, he's been writing um, – he's written a couple of short movies. He's working on a feature right now. So he's keeping very busy and he's keeping fit. Uh, so as I said, I'm, I, I mm. gave him the thumbs up the other day. I said, I'm, I'm mighty proud of you, mate. Good on you. Yeah. yeah so Good it's, stuff. It's good, yeah. And what about you, Gary? I mean, a lot of people have come to know and love you over many, many years. Yeah. But the Gary Shannon that we hear on the airwaves, is yep. that the real Gary Shannon? Is, I'd, I'd was, like, it, was it ever even just a little bit of an act? I'd like to think it's uh, the real me because um, I, I, I'm not a very good actor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I guess um, I started out at Channel 9 and 6KY. KY, of course, are now mixed 94.5 mm. with the FM conversion. Um, that was w- late 1972, and I've got the tattoo that you just saw, Tim, on my arm. I went to I went to Thailand, got, got horribly under the weather. Some people come back with much worse from those holidays. You, you should see the one on my back. <laughs> no, not really. And I got uh, radio use and a microphone, and uh, uh, December 72 to, what is it, December... Uh, 2010. Thank you. <laughs> I don't see it that often. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, that was a bit of fun and did that. Uh, but way, way back, I was a kid out of um, South Fremantle High School. Yeah. Um, and uh, went, went to Hilton Park Primary School, so I was sort of a state school kid. Uh, loved footy, loved Freo, um, big South Fremantle fan, and they're playing – uh, well, they would have played by the time you would have uh, you'll, you'll hear this interview, uh, but they're playing in a grand final at Fremantle Oval. I'm in heaven. I'm going along. <laughs> uh, so good luck to them. And uh, yeah, that's where I come from, you know. Uh, but I was actually born in Scarborough. Yes. Um, in in Gildercliff Street, the, the old house is still standing. Went past it the other day, and um, I went to uh, uh, North Scarborough Primary School. 
So you still remember your days in Scarborough? I do. Mm. When I went back there, and I did go back there, my mum was still alive, and uh, and I, I bought this uh, townhouse across the road from an oval, and I went out in the balcony with my mum, and I said, gee, this looks very familiar. She said, so it should. And she pointed across directly across the oval. She said, that's the kindergarten you went to. Wow. And I said, get away. I remember that. I remember the sand pit. It was all the same. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so my dad worked for West Australian Newspapers, and uh, he got uh, transferred uh, to go to Fremantle to yep. um, he was in uh, St George's Terrace, of course, initially, uh, and went to Fremantle to print the Daily News. Oh, the good old Daily yeah, News. Yeah, so he was um, transferred there. So it was a bit far to travel in those days by horse and cart. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we 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 relocated to Hilton Park, mate. There you go. And uh, yeah, we had a tough footy team. We had our own coroner. It was <laughs> <laughs> so did the school. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really loved uh, growing up in both places where I came from. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, really I, good. I love the story about when you uh, you finished school at 16, you ended up then at, uh, at, at 6KY. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you were asked to drive a car on the weekend. Oh, yes. That <laughs> Tell can, us that story. That story gets out, doesn't yeah. it? Well, uh, my yeah. first... Uh, my first uh, pro- don't, any, don't anyone call the police right now, either, by the way, <laughs> for what you're about to Can hear. I get arrested now? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Statute of limitations, I think, applies, surely. I'll let you know, Tim. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I haven't... I'm very rarely told this story. Yes. And, uh, it's a great story. Though. Yeah, uh, I was. I was. I, I hadn't quite turned 16, so I was still 15. And I, 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 got, I started there in, the, in December 72 and uh, uh, was it – yeah, I was still about to turn 16. So by the time this happened, I was 16. Oh, good. That makes it a little yes, a much less more, criminal. Much more mature driver. <laughs> um, so the, the program director, Graham Cherry, he was a bit of a hero. He did the breakfast show and he was the program director and drove at the speedway and was a real, you know, I went in the first, very first Avon descent with him. Wow. Man, that's another story I can tell you. <laughs> Talk about banjos back in those days. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, uh, Graham, some, something happened with the roster and somebody got crook or somebody got fired or left or something, and they had nobody to do the um, the beaches, which is, uh, you know, you, you get the big 6KY, huge Ford, big 6KY colour car, and uh, you drive up and down the beaches on the weekends. And uh, Saturday and Sunday, both days I did it. And uh, I did my first one on Saturday and uh, I, I had barely, you know, I would think I'd done one little thing on the radio. And now yeah. all of a sudden I'm out there doing crosses saying, you know, come down to uh, Florian Beach. I'm down here with uh, a special spray gun with oil and I'll squirt it all over you. And you can lie in the sun, you know, those days. Yeah. Man. <laughs> get away with that They put you in jail now. Yeah, and in exactly. fact, I was doing a lot of things that you you get jail yes. for back in yeah, those it's days. Yeah, it's a wonder you're walking the streets <laughs> Right now, Unbelievable, mate. And anyway, so I, I did this and I thought, oh, this is really cool. I'm on the radio, you know, straight out of South from Adelaide High School and feeling good. And um, anyway, uh, I did the weekend. I did the Saturday and the Sunday and came in Monday. And Graham Cherry, he called me down to his office and said, son, good work. Wonderful work, he said. Uh, you know, you sounded good, mate. Those crosses were very professional, and uh, uh, I'm proud of your son. And uh, would uh, would you like to do this full time on the weekends during summer? Give away the uh, the hats and the t-shirts, and uh, spray people with uh, you know oil things for, for stuff, whatever it was. And anyway, I said, yeah, I'd love to. But uh, 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 do you want me to wait until uh, next year? And he said, well, I said, well, I haven't got a license. He said, what? A driver's license? He said, can you drive? I said, will you? I drove all weekend. and I, I, I can drive because I, I, I spent a lot of time as a kid growing up on my uncle's farm down at Denmark. 
and I can drive all right, don't you worry. He said, oh, you can drive. But you haven't got – I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only 16. He said, oh, you're 16. You haven't got a driver's licence. I said, no. He said, oh. He said, okay. He said, well, you did a good job and you, you, you went all right. I said, yeah, not a, no dramas, mate. And he said, he said to me, okay, uh, okay, mate. He said, yeah, you can do it. Uh, but if, 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 if you get caught – uh, tell them we didn't know. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry? He said, we don't know that you don't have a licence. Oh, okay, no worries, I said. But I never got pulled over, so it was all I think I gave the coppers um, uh, one of our little show bags <laughs> one of the days. There was no questions asked. As a distraction. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I mean, imagine doing that today. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, just yeah. insane. No chance. No chance. Yeah. And there really started a, a, a booming career. On well, the airwaves, Gary, which we will get into in more detail right after we take a break. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> this is Inspiring Stories. Gary Shannon is our special guest. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We are hearing the story of the one and only Gary Shannon. So, Gary, it's the 70s. Mm. You're, you're still a teenager. Yep. Uh, looking to forge a career in, in radio here in Perth. What were the, what were the 70s like? Uh, wow. A teenager in that industry. I can remember working for 6KY and um, in 1975, uh, every second record we played was either a Sherbet or a Skyhooks mm. and uh, we became um, uh, 6KY, your Sherbet station. That's how <laughs> dedicated it was to those two particular Australian bands. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they were massive, those two bands. Everybody loved Sherbet. And everybody loved um, Skyhook, so that's one vivid. Remember, I can. I remember I did a char- character called Mister Dull on Brian Layman's show. I was the world's dullest man. <laughs> oh yes, hello there, Brian. It's Dully, and I had a wife called Dul- uh, Dulcie, and I had a dog which was a Dalmatian, of course, and and I lived at uh, number. Uh, Zero Plain Street and Dull Keith and all sorts <laughs> yeah. of, you know. And Dully was a very popular character uh, on nights at 6KY. And, uh, yeah, and I never really, because at the time, Channel 9 said, because when I first started in 72, Something. 73, uh, Sunday Times owned uh, 6KY and, yep. and they, we were in James Street in, in Northbridge. So then I'd been there a year or so. And uh, we were picked up by Channel 9 and mm. went, went and worked out at Stewart Hill, which was a handy for a Hilton Park boy without a driver's license. <laughs> That's <laughs> a few buses. <laughs> a few. And, um, yeah, and so I'm out there and Channel 9 said, hey, we, we're looking for a new host for the kids show. And, 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 and you know, I had long hair and I, I looked about 14, I suppose, at the time. Uh, and I got the gig and, and yeah. I, I did... Um, uh, the Super Flying Fun Show at uh, Channel 9 for three years. And now you're about to blow people's minds by reminiscing about the one and only... Dunder Clubman. Do you remember Dunder Clubman? Vaguely. <laughs> and he, oh, he spoke, but mostly he only said, Oh, yeah, Gary. Because he was a Swedish ca- cartoon character. <laughs> and and And, and, and there, was, there was a huge article. Where, why did Channel 9, you know, choose Dunder Clubman to be the... <laughs> co-host of their, you know, kids' show. And they, and they interviewed me. I said, oh, no, it's none of those reasons. He's, I, they got the suit for free. 
<laughs> and that's a true story. He said. Yeah, they got the suit for free. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden it was the Super Flying Fun Show with Gary and Dunderclumpin'. <laughs> I started out solo, then they gave me a, a you know a sidekick. But uh, yeah, a what, free one. Free one. <laughs> fabulous, um, fabulous uh, times because I was doing. That's another time I can't believe I was. I was doing five um, shows, you know, in the afternoon on on Channel Nine with the kids' show. Come come school holidays, I was doing uh, two hours in the morning, uh, and we knocked off the early bird show with Sandy Baker. Thank you very much. And the first time Channel Nine ever won the ratings of the kids' shows, we did very well. And uh, in the afternoon, I did an hour, and then I'd come back at um, like you know, 11 o'clock at night to do midnight to dawn on 6KY. Wow. Yeah, and that, they were mid-dawns. They were six. Yep. They, yep. Were, they were midnight till six in the morning in those Brutal. days. And you had to talk after every record. Mm. And the records in those days were three minutes long, two minutes long. Yeah. So I was working extremely hard. In fact, I, was, my, I had my grandmother who lived in um, Mount Hawthorne, so I used to go and get a nap at, between um, – the shows, the, the the TV shows, uh, and and go home for tea at and night. A, and a Poloni, Poloni With, yeah, I did all sorts of stuff. It was it was a really weird. I, I can remember looking in the mirror one day and I was white. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, Hang on, I'm 18 or whatever, and I'm white and I'm worn out. Something's got to crack here. I but, need some sun. Yeah, oh, it was just work, 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 really. But um, yeah. I loved every moment of it, Tim. It, yeah. was, it was fantastic for a young bloke. Uh, all of a sudden, the girls at school who I, you know, I was tried to hit on when I was at school, they uh, used to ignore me. They were all of a sudden interested because yeah. they were listening to me on the radio. And I thought, Jesus, that guy's yeah. gone, gone, why, gone why well. Why did he entertain us like this at school? I should have grabbed him in third year high. <laughs> <laughs> what were you like at school? Were you a good student? No. Terrible. I, yeah, I've always said um, I've, I've excelled at the things I like and I've been dreadful at the things I didn't like. You just didn't want to be, just didn't apply yourself. I only went to school for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I... I enjoyed English, strangely enough. I enjoyed uh, writing, you know, stories and essays and things like that. Hated maths, hated social studies. Um, just got through uh, with a bit of cheating and help from my friends um, mm. in the exams. But um, now I was, I was what, what you'd call a um, average student. You know, yeah. uh, I, I didn't try at all. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get down the park after school and kick the footy. Mm. Uh, my love was football yeah. back then. And uh, So what was your plan B, if not radio? Did you did you have one? Well, I didn't really have one. Um, weird times, wonderful times actually, Tim, because I can remember when I left school, I was still 15, uh, I left school and went for seven apprenticeships, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I got all of them. I got every one of them. And as I said, I wasn't an extremely good student, but there were that many jobs around yeah. and everybody, all kids left at 15 and got a job in those days. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a five-year apprenticeship and you're, you're a tradie by the time you're 20. Yeah. So, so, so which, which of those seven was most appealing to you? I took which it. Which life might you be leading right now? I took it and uh, I did it. I did the um, probationary time, three months, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought, oh, I didn't like cleaning, you know, sweeping floors and going and getting lunches, and that's what a kid does and when you first start it. But I was winding motors. I was electrical fitter. Yeah, right. Yeah, for um, Reed's Electric in Hampton Hampton Road, Fremantle. Right. And, uh, and you know, it was they, they were great guys, and, you know, I was only a kid, and they looked at and, and I came home, 
And uh, I said to my mum, I broke my mum and dad's heart because they were really proud that I was going to be you know, a, a tradesman because my dad was a tradesman. Um, and I said, look, I don't, this is not me. I don't like it. And, you know, I'm, you know I, either, I either leave Reeds or I leave home, mum and dad. <laughs> and so mum and dad said, oh, we don't want you to leave home, but what will you do? I said, I'll work something out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> leave it lo- with me. Lay me down. A week later, I went to um, a, a Christmas party at my mate's from school. His parents held a Christmas party. We all went to that, all the boys that were friends. And um, their brother was the production engineer at 6KY. There you and go. He, and he said, he walked up and said, you guys, any young guys want to be in radio? I said, yeah, I do. I love the radio. And uh, he got me a, an, an audition with Graham Cherry. Went go. in there and uh, I got the job. And it was. And I, I, as soon as I walked in there, I felt this is what I want to do. Yep. I got bitten by the bug very early, Tim. Mm. Uh, mm. And, um, yeah, and it just... Uh, You've been I, ill ever since. Well, <laughs> apparently my therapist thinks, think that I need some help, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't change a thing because I had a unique opportunity and I worked with unique people yep. at a unique time. And uh, yep. what a time the 70s, 80s and 90s were in this industry that we love so much. It was, Absolutely. It, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I got no complaints. The, the 6 p.m., Days do they stand out for you? Six PM and then and PM FM, they stand out for you as yeah. your absolute peak. Enormously, I um, had to make a decision because Six KY, the station I loved and worked for with Channel Nine, uh, I had to let go two jobs because Six KY uh, turned beautiful music. Mm. And I, what was I then? I was uh, I was twenty, mm. and I thought, oh man, I don't like Andre Costellanos that much, <laughs> and I don't like James Last at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they, they reverted from, you yeah. know, Slade, you know, yeah. goodbye to change, you know. <laughs> and I, I was doing drive, believe it or not. Yeah. They put me on drive. I, I didn't know this music. And I, and I said, uh, look, guys, I, uh, one day um, uh, John Burnley, God rest his soul, uh, he was PD, at um, uh, that's program director at, um, at 6 p.m. He rang me up and I was doing a, a Saturday morning show or something. And he said, I want to talk to you. Come over and uh, have a chat. I said, okay. So I went over to Rockaby Road in Subi, and um, that's where 6pm was then. And uh, I had a chat to him, and uh, he said, well, we, we, we're looking for a couple of young guys uh, for mid-dawns. I said, okay, I'm in. Because 6pm, hey, that, in those days was mm. the mecca. Oh, I, thought yeah. I'd, I, I thought I'd walked into, you know, the Taj Mahal. It was fantastic. So I, I went back to Channel 9 and said, look, I, I'm leaving. They were, they were devastated. I left the kids' show, and I left... Uh, the radio, um, and started working at um, at 6 p.m. And uh, my mum and dad was, you, you sure you're doing the right thing? But they get, you know what they did? They gave me the same amount of money I was earning for both show for both things at, at nine. So which was I can remember I was getting a uh, hundred dollars a week from Channel Nine, mm-hmm. and I was getting eighty dollars a week from Six KY. So they said, okay, we'll give you 180 to come across here. And they did. So I went across there, and money, you know, didn't hadn't hadn't changed, which was great. I thought I was a millionaire, uh, getting one hundred and eighty, and um, yeah. So and I did I did five mid dawns, and they said, "Yep, you're pretty good." And they put me on seven to ten. There you at, go. At, yeah, so that and so I did three years of seven to ten, and you know, teenage radio, playing the the hot hits, and uh, then um, at uh, twenty three, they put me on drive. And uh, I was the youngest uh, drive announcer in Australia at the time, and yeah. um, 23 years of age. And 
uh, from there and it, significant times. I, I really love doing Drive and yep. playing all those great 80s hits mm. that everybody is still playing today because they mm. were so good. Um, yeah, I just loved it, playing all those tunes for people driving home and stuff. And that was, I think that was my biggest love, that, that Drive Time show, which I did for uh, from 1980 to 88. And then I was, it was, um, well, it was sad. It was happy and sad. It was, um, you know, a mixture because my dear friend Lionel York was doing mornings and they decided to change format and, uh, you know, the, the the old morning women's thing had become a bit old hat and Lionel was was a legend in the mornings. Mm. Um, and they decided to let Lionel go and they put me into mornings, yep. which is nine. And yep. I said, I want to stay on drive. That's cooler than mornings, you know. They Anyway, but they had a plan. I did two years of that. And then um, they did the same to Burjo, and I hated it because in the in the Sunday Times or whatever it was, it had uh, Gary Shannon, Giant Killer, and and they were my mates. Yeah, and you know, I it's I, a brutal I, industry, isn't I, it? I remembered crying, you know, and because yeah. I didn't want to be the Giant Killer. They were guys I'd worked with for years, but you know what? I said to both of them, "Gosh, you know, I'm sorry." They said, "It's not your fault, mate. It's just the, the industry. It's yeah, the, that's what they yeah. the, they want." And uh, and wish me luck, and they were great, and you know. I would do the same. Uh, and I always kept in my mind, if it ever happened to me, I'd do the same because mm-hmm. it's no one's fault, as you know, Tim. Yeah, it's just a cycle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yep. Um, we need to take another break, Gary. But after that, I want to hear from you your finest, most outrageous moments uh, through your time then on Breakfast Radio because I'm sure there's quite a list. You're going to have to pick out the yep. best of the best. Okay. That's coming up after the break. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more soon. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We're about to hear, I don't know if they're going to be inspiring, Gary, but they might be outrageous and probably things that you wouldn't get away with. Yeah. In this year. Well, actually, I'm just pleased to be here. I survived two segments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, ask still away. still going to get past the lawyers, don't worry. <laughs> whatever you, yeah, all right. Whatever you, um, whatever you want to ask me, just ask me, mate. Well, look, I mean, the 90s was a, you know, was a, it was a good time to be alive, really, wasn't it? Very good. Very good. <laughs> you well, know, you're, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but, you know, the young kids use it a lot. Living your best life. Shall we say, Gary? Well, I was, and um, you're at the peak of your powers. Oh, yeah. You know, things are going well. You're a man about town. I was firing on you all still cylinders. Had a lot of hair then. Yeah, <laughs> it's all gone now. The reputation, the hair, everything. No, uh, uh, you and Redmond. Yeah, um, Amanda you know, Walsh. Yeah, Amanda Walsh, and then Jane, Jane Marwick. Yeah. You guys just killed it on air. Yeah, um, but did a lot of things that, let's be honest, you wouldn't be able to do now. Absolutely, and the timing was uh, impeccable because I'd been saying to uh, some of my colleagues when I was still doing uh, Drive and the, the, the morning show, I, I said, one day I'm going to do the best breakfast show that this city's ever done because I had all these ideas yep. where, where, where most people thought they were outlandish, but I thought I can, I can get away with this by doing that and that by doing this. And, you know, I had, I had a lot of, lot of ideas which I wanted to, to try and, you know, yep. u- utilise. And I finally got the opportunity when I, got, I went to breakfast in early 1990 
Um, and uh, yeah, I I I, um, I, I threw a few thing, things in place like crazy calls and worst yeah. Wednesdays, which and, you wouldn't be able to do now, and, would you? And, and no crazy. one. I mean, even doing an accent now, you can't no. do an accent without people getting cranky. Don't know how they'd feel about no Monday Monday. No, uh, exactly. <laughs> and and just think and and the challenges that we did and and crazy stuff. And I had this wonderful um, guy that I'd met at Gobbles nightclub, hadn't done radio before, and his Gobbles. name was Paul Redman. And what a he's he's he was the world's greatest sidekick. He yep. was just fantastic. He was always on the front line. One of his fam- well, many famous things that Paul and I got up to. But uh, a lot of people still talk about a couple of those things. And that was uh, the dolphins on the beach. Did did you know that story, Tim? No. Oh, the dolphin. It was a, we always did April Fool's Day. Yeah, yeah. Back in those days, but they don't do them anymore because everyone's yeah, terrified. Not of course. Yeah, terrified. Yeah. And and crazy calls too. They don't do those anymore. Oh, no no. Way. Thanks to Sydney for that. But anyway, um, yeah, this particular... We, we did some great uh, April Fool's gags, but this particular one uh, made the news in New York and um, London. It went global as the world's greatest ever um, April Fool's Day joke. Yeah, and then, yeah down, down, and down under, this uh, Redman, uh, Gary Shannon on the station, all, yeah. all these news items coming in. Uh, what it was, we said, oh, look, it's terrible. We need, we need your help. Down there at um, Swanbourne Beach, uh, we've got a hundred dolphins on the beach, um, so we need people to help us uh, get rid of these dolphins off the beach. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Can you help us out? Well, they came from all over the world, mate. Not all over the state. You know, they came from Rockingham, the hills. You know, <laughs> Hillary's, Whitford's, down to down to Swanbourne Beach. Um, they reckon a thousand people turned up. With wet bags and, you know, children took their kids out of school and oh, wow. <laughs> everyone turned up. And the catch was, April Fool, they're dolphin torches. <laughs> of course, back in those days, they couldn't spread the word that it was a hoax on no, there was, social media. So there was none of that. The hard way. None of that. Everybody rolled up and said, oh, I said but the really good on news. On April 1, so they didn't bat an eyelid. This was on April 1, right? April 1, yeah. Yep, okay. no, one, no one got it. <laughs> oh, if they did, they didn't say anything. But uh, Redmond was down there on the beach, and he copped the, he copped I all the flack. And I was back in the studio saying, "Oh, mate, you'll be right. Don't you? She'll be right, mate. You'll be right." Just chat to them in your normal personality kind of way. And uh, but there was outrage, but there's also a lot of hilarity. Yeah. And um, you know, all the local TV stations covered a big time, of course. And. <laughs> It was, it was, you know, we're sorry, but I said, the, the one consolation, the first hundred people get a free torch. <laughs> so that was one of the things that we did, yeah, you know. Just, yeah. uh, But there was many, many. Uh, every day uh, we tried to surprise them with something, and yep. uh, I think we, we, we made it work. Um, you know, uh, Redmond says our top um, ratings was early uh, in the first two or three years, uh, 38% we got. Thirty-eight percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that's unheard of. And right through consistently over thirty. Yeah, so that's phenomenal. Yeah, we were pretty pleased with it, and mm. um, we didn't. We 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 had a few controversial moments, of course. As I say, you, you take risks, and you know, well, every now and then on the news, the morning crew in disgrace again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, hey, did you see that and think you beauty? Yeah, thanks for the plug. <laughs> the next ratings were the best we ever had. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was wild and reckless and. And um, uh, a lot of people, and I, I you know, I've, I'm happily retired from radio because, mm. you know, I don't think I could um, 
Uh, yeah, I, how would you go now, do you think? Um, well, would, I, would you feel too shackled? I was asked that recently by Jane Marwick, who, of course, I, I did um, a, a great lot of the uh, morning crew with. Yep. Um, I did a podcast with Jane, and she asked me the same question. I said, oh, you know, I've thought deeply about it. You couldn't do it to the same extent, but I, I've, I've worked out ways where you could still be a bit mischievous and kind of get away with it, uh, but nothing like we used no. to. No. But uh, I think I think people are still crying out for a bit of humour and a bit of, you know, rascalness. Yep. So that's um, what podcasts are for now. Yes, I know, but they, they kind of bore me. I can't can't really get into podcasts. I like live radio. Unless you're in it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, one thing you did say that, which I thought was a brilliant line, was something about political correctness saying, it, what is it? It's the best friend of the average disc jockey or something. I like did that. say that, yeah. yeah. And, How uh, does it go? Uh, well, I I, I I was asked about PC and, yeah. and, uh, and uh, it's it sort of, um, you know, comedians have lost their jobs and radio's changed. Changed, uh, television's changed all through this political correctness and the snowflakes are winning uh, big time. And, and I just said, you know, it, it, it does come in handy for some people because uh, your average radio announcer, who is never going to be entertaining, who is never going to be uh, hilarious because uh, they don't have the talent to do it. Uh, and I, I mean this in the kindest possible way. And sure. uh, But there, there are a lot of them. And, uh, you know, they were never going to entertain us like the way that we should be entertained yeah. on the radio. Cause they won't offend either. So. No, they won't. Oh, gosh, no. No, well, so, no. So that's why you get the time and temperature jocks who just say, hmm, you better get the washing in by two because there'll be a shower or two after that. Uh, Seventeen past seven, you know, go to an ad. Um, yeah, we, we, I couldn't, I couldn't. Li- I would no, be bored. You would. Yeah. You'd go mad. I'd go totally mad go the first mad. hour. Yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to take a few risks, I reckon. And if yep. I, I got the boot, I got the boot. Yeah. So, but I'd, I'd, I'd take it on the chin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you lost your great mate, Redmond. Yes. Uh, yep. Not too long ago. March fifth. Yeah. This year, uh, Paul had uh, decided uh, he'd might like to go and live down in the country, and he moved to Augusta. Uh, he'd, before that, I must tell you, he was living with me yeah. for five, five years, and uh, I was exhausted. I said, "I've got, I've got, I've got to go to a, a resort, <laughs> go and live in a resort or something, because I can't hack this anymore." <laughs> and uh, I mean, we, we were we were members of all the, the Scarborough Sportsmen's Club and all the sports clubs. We're yeah. having a ball. Yeah. Um, Paul's marriage had broken down. He had nowhere to go. I said, well, come come and stay with me for a couple, mm. couple of months and sort yourself out. He was there for five years. Then he, he wanted to... He, <laughs> didn't really no, sort himself out, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> he made himself very very at home, to tell you the truth. But uh, great guy. I love him with all my heart. I miss him every day. Yeah. Uh, we did extraordinary things together. We just clicked. Uh, he was more of a nightclub guy. He had a band called... Um, uh, the night after at Gobbles nightclub, that's where I met him, uh, and he was hilarious. And I thought mm. this guy's all right, you know. And he became the greatest radio sidekick of all time, I think. And mm. uh, he was such an asset to the morning crew, you know, yep. as much as I was. And um, he was, he was very special and a very special friend. Yeah. Uh, and he, as, as I say, Tim, I miss him very, very much. But he went down to Augusta, lived there for a while, then moved to Vass. And so, he was so sick in the last few years. He yep. had everything known to mankind and um, he had a stroke, which really upset him and he didn't want to be seen like that. So in the end, he, he just passed away, yeah. Yep. So, great memories, though. Very, very great. Yep. I, I miss him every day. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Um, after the break, Gary, we're going to go even further back into your past yep and uncover why Gary Shannon is not your real name I'm getting your drift yeah <laughs> just wording you up this is inspiring stories Gary Shannon aka 
TBC. Yep. Uh, coming right up after the break. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. And welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My special guest is Gary Shannon. But Gary, mm-hmm. this is one of many names that you've taken on over the years. Some of them behind your back. Yes. Even in an official sense. Some of them on notes at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't got, I know this. we could spend a whole hour just yes. on this backstory because it's, it's quite remarkable. But can you just give us, the, go in order if you like. Okay. Just give us the... the Join the dots mm-hmm. for us. Okay, I will. Well, I, I was born yep. um, with the name Michael David Watts. Um, that is because uh, of an extraordinary story from a, a guy who was a Welshman. Um, he came out here very young, uh, got an Adelaide girl pregnant. Yep, and, uh, jumped ship. Jumped ship, yeah. Yep. He was a, a merchant seaman. Yep. Uh, jumped ship and uh, uh, fell in love with this young Adelaide girl. She got pregnant. Uh, she came from a very Victorian family. Mm-hmm. So they ran away uh, together and lobbed in Perth, Western Australia. Um, down the, And they lived behind a street called Gildercliffe Street in, um, in Scarborough. The doctor was down on the corner uh, and wanted to put this baby up for adoption, which who was me. Mm. And so I was born. And the people in the in the next street, Gildercliffe Street, uh, were my mum and dad who adopted me. Amazing. Yeah, and they'd pick me up um, uh, uh, from hospital at, uh, I think I was six or seven days old, uh, and went home and grew up in uh, Gildercliffe Street in Scarborough. I went to Gildercliffe Primary or... No, no, I'm sorry. Um, North Scarborough Primary, it was called then, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that 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 was the first episode. So I I, I became uh, Trevor George Backshall in the Backshall fame, the famous Backshall family, mm. part of the town, and all, Phil was my cousin. Mm. Uh, so uh, I, as, as I told a lot of people, I felt like I'd won lotto when I got um, yep. adopted because they were just such wonderful people. They already had a little girl that they had adopted, who became my sister. And we grew up as a family. At times, I'm sure we forgot we were adopted because it was so yeah. normal, and we had yeah. you know normal uncle uncles and aunties and cousins and big yeah. families, and it was just fantastic. Christmas was you know extremely um, appreciated because everybody got together and it was a lot of fun times yeah. growing up. I, and I had an uncle with a farm down Denmark, in which I spent a lot of time growing up there. Um, At what age did you become aware? Uh, always knew. Yeah. Uh, my mother, uh, God rest her soul, she's a beautiful woman. She, uh, all I can remember is that um, from a very early age, she told me and my sister that we were very special children. Yeah. Um, we we are um, so special that we have parents that really loved and uh, wanted children. And uh, that is why um, you became our son and daughter. And you were, she explained adoption. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you know that you'll be loved for life with uh, the, the parents and family uh, that you have because uh, we wanted you so badly. And um, that's why uh, I, I really appreciated them. And uh, I did my best to uh, make them feel proud and did, did my best in most things. Uh, not to embarrass them, <laughs> you know, because uh, I, 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 I didn't feel like I owed them, but I felt like 
I wanted to make them proud of me because yeah. um, of what they'd done for me yeah. and my sister. Mm. She feels the same. Yeah. And uh, we had a wonderful uh, childhood growing up. My dad was uh, like Daniel Boone. He he loved f- fishing and hunting. And every weekend we were away down, down the bush or down the farm at and, uh, and school holidays. And, you know, uh, awesome times. Great memory. I thought I was Huckleberry Finn. I really yeah. did. Yeah. So uh, that's another name I had, Huckleberry Finn. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then um, – uh, should I continue on with the names? Go for it. Yeah, I got into radio, um, and in those days, for some reason, they found it necessary to you know you give these guys uh, good radio names. So Gary Shannon was your radio person. Yeah, that was like yeah. a stage name. So if it's like Lionel York, not his real name either. Uh, Harold Wiggett. Yeah. Um, and all those guys, but Burjo. But uh, no, I think John's name. Oh, you'd never know. He'd never tell the truth. No, exactly. <laughs> but you might be able to. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. Um, but, you know, uh, there was uh, Sam West uh, was Michael Wass, who's still a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, a famous talkback announcer, uh, Jeff Bradley. He was Lionel Ziegelman, his real name. Oh. Uh, yeah. Jim Beam, of course, was um, Errol Battersby. Um, and so many. Yeah. Most of the guys on the air. It's uh, a peculiar thing, really, when you think about it, isn't it? But, you it? know, in, in those times, look at look at Hollywood and uh, showbiz. That, no one's got a real name there either. No. They use pseudos. Yeah. Or whatever. So when did you when did, when did did Gary Shannon become, you know, your settled name? When I first went on the air at 6NA Narogen, which was owned by 6KY. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy down there in Narogen, yeah. Carl Graham, his name was, had a stroke, mm-hmm. um, which... Pardon the pun, turned out to be a stroke of luck for me because I was this cart boy and they said, You want to be an announcer, don't you, kid? Jump in there and do the do the breakfast show to Narogen uh, next to the Jeff Bradley who's in the KY studio. And I was like sixteen, I think I was. Mm. Uh, and that's when it all started. I did a few yep. shifts and then they put me on mid dawn at six KY. Yeah. Uh but then they said, um, you know I can remember going across the pub. Yeah, yeah, I was sixteen. <laughs> going across the pub with uh, Errol Battersby who had just joined the station, uh, Graham Cherry, uh Rick Melbourne. There's another one. Rick's name is Ricardo Madonna or something like that. Um and anyway, uh we went across the pub and we were sitting there and um Gary Roberts had just joined the station too. And uh, the program director had been reading a magazine where they had a Gary Roberts. They had a, at the station in America, um, in LA, a station there. They had a Gary Roberts. They had a Jim Beam. So Errol Battersby automatically became Jim Beam. He had the wild red hair yep, and he looked yep. like a Jim Beam. <laughs> and then they said they've also got a Gary Shannon. Uh, in um, in the station in America, and they say you're Gary Shannon. I said, who? What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? No, that's just the way it is. It's, it sounds pretty cool, young Gary Shannon. And uh, actually, I went to I went to America once, and I, I'm driving down. I was going, yeah, driving to Baton Rouge from New Orleans, and this guy, in a, you know, deep Southern voice comes. Yeah, get a yeah, listening to uh, Shannon Gary. <laughs> his name is Shannon Gary. So yeah, I wonder if that was his real it's name. It's in the name. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, yeah, that's how it happened. That's how the Gary Shannon thing mm. came about. And I, I I changed it by depot because I got picked up by the coppers once uh, for rolling through a stop sign, and uh, <laughs> you did have your license at that point. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was, I was twenty two or yeah, twenty one, right. and um, they, they said, you know, they went back on the two way and talked to Central and this, that, the other. They said, "How come you're driving this car? It's not licensed in your name." Well, I said, "Well, it is." And why, why are you carrying this uh, license that says uh, Trevor Baxchel when, when we know who you are, Gary? 
And I said, oh, look, I know I've had to explain. That that's my right. They said, come back to Central. You know? And I said, no, 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 no. Let me And they said, oh, right. And they go explain it to them. Then at the airport, I got dragged into a little room when I was trying to leave the country for using a, a false um, passport. Um, and I said to my mum and dad, I said, I'm going to have to get some legal documents in, in the name of Gary Shannon because I'm getting arrested and, and I'm, <laughs> uh, they're threatening to throw me in jail. And my, to their credit, once again, they were just wonderful people. They said, that's cool. So I, yeah. I, they, they actually helped me change it by deep mm. hole and and uh, yeah, so I guess I've been legally Gary Shannon longer than any other name, really. Yeah. So that yeah, that's how that came about. Probably going to stick with it for now. Well, well my son's Jake Shannon, you see. I can't. Yeah, exactly. I can't go, I can't say, guess what, son? I've changed my name back to Trevor Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that leave me? <laughs> yeah. So and I, I mean, what's in a name? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Well. A lot of your uh, a name and a voice that's familiar to so many people. Gary, it's been fascinating hearing some of your stories. I wish we had five well, times as long so we could hear some more, but unfortunately we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. It's been very, <laughs> very entertaining. Probably the easiest one I've ever had to do. Oh, good so on you, Sim. And, uh, yeah, you. we'll do another one in five years. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> good yeah. luck to you, Who mate. Who knows what your name will be by then? <laughs> You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA inspiring story. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.